Coming to you from the ACOG Annual Scientific Meeting in San Francisco, I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and this is ReachMD. I'm joined by Dr. Leonard W. Glass. He is president and founder of Physician Retraining and Reentry. It's a program that empowers physicians of all specialties with the tools to practice primary care, specifically a population that does not get enough attention within the medical community, and that's recently retired physicians and physicians with slight disabilities. Dr. Glass, good to have you with us today. Thank you, Matt. It's good to be with you. So I was interested by this program that you helped found, and I'd very much like to find out a little bit more about how it came to being and what your personal story was in creating this program. I'm a retired general and plastic surgeon. Having practiced for many, many years, I retired 10 years ago. I was in private practice. I worked for the University of California at San Diego for a number of years as professor of surgery. And I suddenly had a lot of leisure time. About five years ago, I started reading all manner of newspapers and magazines about the shortage of family doctors in the United States. It's currently estimated to be at least 33,000 person shortage, and many people expect it to double in the next 10 years to over 60,000. People say, well, why is there a shortage? Well, there is a shortage. There is increasing rate of physician retirement. There are about 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day and many of them becoming eligible for health care via Medicare for the first time. So there's this big problem. Nobody's really doing anything about it. There have been a couple of new medical schools built. There have been some increases in nurse practitioners and physician's assistants. But if you look at the numbers, it's really a drop in the bucket and really won't do anything to stem the tide. I started thinking about what could be done to increase the number of people who are competent and could enjoy doing adult outpatient family medicine reasonably quickly. How could it be done? I started thinking back on some of my experiences in engineering. I'm not an engineer, but I associate with some engineers and have worked on a few research projects. And I thought, let's look to the future, as I always like to do. Let's not look for the past except for lessons learned. And think about utilizing the Internet and software to teach family medicine. After researching it and working on it for a while, I realized we couldn't apply this system to young medical students, interns, or residents. But seasoned physicians who have been a physician for 20 or 30 or 40 years, these people are a different category. They know about disease processes. They know a general concept of health and health maintenance. They know how to talk to patients and how to listen from patients. So therefore, I got the idea of using the Internet to teach seasoned physicians, no matter what their specialty, how to be competent doing adult outpatient family medicine. And you're saying that it wasn't as applicative to those who didn't have as much seasoned training well, it's not. You, you can't do it to those people. You, they have to go through a three-year residency. Mm-hmm. We aren't a substitute for a three-year residency. After all, our people are not hospitalists. They don't do inpatient work. They don't do pediatric surgery, anesthesia, or things like that. But they do cover all of adult outpatient family medicine. I then teamed up with some of my former colleagues and new colleagues at the University of California at San Diego School of Medicine, and we formed this company called Physician Retraining and Reentry, or PRR. We say that we work in collaboration with the university's medical school faculty. 
the faculty has created a curriculum which divides the concept of adult outpatient family medicine into 15 courses. These courses are things like cardiology, pulmonology, dermatology, psychiatry, medical record keeping, a whole bunch of, of things like that. All from the outpatient point of view? All from the outpatient point of view. We teach this course online, which is something also that's new and different. It's not taught in a class setting. Each person is self-paced. They decide how many hours per week or per day they want to work, and they do it. They might work a half hour today and five hours tomorrow. We don't care. They have access to our software 24-7 for a year. Most people finish in four or five months, but some people take longer. A good example is a gentleman that I had lunch with about two weeks ago who was a board-certified, is a board-certified urologist. After practicing for 34 years, he retired about five years ago, and after about two or three years, he got bored. He contacted us. We contacted him back. Make a long story short, he worked in our program. Actually, he took longer than six months. He took nine months, which is an exceptionally long time. And now he's working for a federally qualified health center in Southern California. He loves it. He said the patients couldn't be nicer or more cooperative, more compliant. He's learning all kinds of things he didn't know. And he lends urology expertise to the other doctors in the clinic who might benefit from it for their patients, whereas he might tap their resources for a few things he's not familiar with. And it's working out very, very well. He works part-time. He gets paid for his work. He has no night and weekend call. All of his expenses and insurance is paid for by the clinic. So it's really working out to be a remarkably interesting and great product. Let me ask you something here about one of the important subtexts that I'm gathering from this program. And you alluded to it when you talked about retiring yourself and finding that you suddenly had a lot of free time. And there's an important message here for all those who have retired, who, let's say, were surgeons or had specific physical skills or other skills, who aren't able to apply that trade. And one of the important subtexts in that is that we've seen this very prominent in this country with physicians of either the surgical or medical fields who retire is depression that comes up, comes on. And it is, as you know, I'm sure, a very prominent, very prevalent problem. And it, what interested me about this program is how by proxy or just by nature of what it does, how it seems to address that for physicians who feel otherwise out of place. Absolutely, Matt. And to take that a little further, there's some evidence that I've been reading about lately that utilization of your cerebral functions is an important aspect of delaying or preventing or modifying dementia, such as Alzheimer's disease. And this gives doctors a chance to really exercise their neurons and keep them going. I mean, a lot of them get on a treadmill and exercise their muscles, but they forget about their brains. And so I think we can accomplish a lot of different things for a lot of people. We can provide health care to people for whom it may not be readily available. We can help the doctors themselves physically and mentally, and we can keep the system running. I think if nothing's done, in four or five years, the entire health care delivery system is going to come to a screeching halt. It doesn't matter if the Affordable Health Care Act is modified, 
discarded, implemented, all these other things aren't going to matter. There's simply not going to be enough people at the primary care level to make it work. So we've got to do something. And I think we're starting in our first 16 months of accepting people into the program. We've enrolled almost 100. Close to 20 of them have finished the program. They all have jobs. They all love their jobs. The people where they work, although we haven't surveyed them, except in a couple of instances, seem happy with them. There's another group of doctors who are slightly disabled. For instance, we have one person who did sophisticated microvascular reconstructive surgery and lost vision in one eye. She can't operate anymore because she no longer has binocular vision and therefore no longer has depth perception. But she's going to go back to work soon when she almost finished our program in adult outpatient family medicine. There are many reasons. we get The reason we're here at the ACOG meeting is because we get so many inquiries from obstetricians. It turns out that many of them are physically tired. They're just exhausted from getting up in the middle of the night after working all day. And so many of them are starting to give up their OB work and privileges and expand their office gynecology practice without patient family female medicine. So this kills two birds or three birds with one stone also. So take me through a little bit uh, more in detail about this program. So it provides training for those who otherwise don't have as many outpatient or general medical, clinical medical skills. Or but, current medical And current skills. Clinical, uh, clinical medical skills. Does it also help with job placement as well? Yes, we help find job openings for our graduates all over the country. doesn't matter what the geography is. If you learn how to scour the Internet for jobs, there are scores and scores and scores of jobs in virtually every place in the country. Mm -hmm. We pass these leads along to our graduates who then call or email, make appointments, go in for an interview, and get a job. And how much of those appointments would you say fall along the spectrum of locum tenens versus more permanent clinic solutions? Most of them are permanent clinic solutions. Our people are not board certified in family medicine. They never will be. But it's interesting to note, and I don't mind saying this publicly because I know it's a true fact, that currently only about 50% of the physicians in the United States are board certified. That means that many people are going to have job openings for physicians who are not board certified in family medicine. What about those who might, and I'm sure you do get a fair share of these people, come around to you and say, listen, I, I like what you're about. I like what this program is doing. I want to skip the training, though, because I think I'd be just fine in that if you put me in a clinic. How do you, can you set me up with a job? Is that something that you guys work with, or do you, how do you respond to that? We tell them that we're really not a placement bureau. We provide services to our graduates of jobs that are currently available. And they can do that themselves online. They can go online and find their own jobs. We're, we're not in the placement business. There are physician placement companies that do that for a living, and that's people to whom we would refer them. But you're more like a physician competence company in a no, way. No, we're not more than – no, that's, that's a different genre. We are an educational platform. Education is what we're all about. For instance, when you study one of our courses – You'll take a 10-question pretest. 
we don't care what grade you get. We want to know your level of expertise and knowledge in that, let's say it's pulmonology, mm -hmm. so that later on we can compare your later exams and see the delta, how much we've improved you. After you study via our study guide, utilizing up-to-date as the resource of the material, you then take another 10-question multiple-choice exam, but it's open book. We don't care if you look up an answer to a question to which you don't know the answer because we don't look upon that as cheating. We look upon it as a learning opportunity. And when you go look it up, you're going to remember it. It's been proven to me over and over again. Then when you finish all 15 courses, you take another 10-question final exam in each of the 15 courses. So if you add it up, by the time you finish, you've taken 450 test questions. You're going to be pretty smart. <laughs> and we're going to award you, the University of California will award you 180 hours of CMEs. And we're going to award you a certificate of completion. And we're going to help you find leads to jobs. And we think you're going to really grow in number and make a dent in this crisis, which I consider a major crisis that we're all looking at. And I don't think anybody's paying real attention to it but us. Well, certainly not enough people are thinking along the lines of this population as being not just a viable resource but a critical resource for the looming physician shortages coming ahead. Yeah. So for that, I, I give you full credit. I think that is uh, remarkable. We have a number of retired military officers who are physicians and are tired of doing administrative work. And we hear it over and over again. I have some orthopedists in our program, general surgeons in our program, psychiatrists in our program. Sooner or later, many people, no matter what their specialty, get burned out and get tired and want to go back to being a family doctor, which many of them had that fantasy anyway when they went to medical school and for one reason or another got sidetracked into a certain specialty. And now many of them want to go back and try family medicine. So it sounds like you're not just catering to those that have just retired or have been retired for many years, but you might also be appealing to those who are currently within their practice but are just getting burnt out. Absolutely, Matt. When I started this program, I thought that 95% of our participants would be retired. It's really turning out to be only about a third are retired or almost retired. The rest are this wide variety of people who are burned out, who are physically tired, who may be slightly disabled. We have several who have been OBGYNs who um, had many strokes from which they recovered, except they don't have normal dexterity in one or both hands. But they're quite capable of doing adult outpatient family medicine if properly trained. And the, the field is, tr is evolving so rapidly with increases in uh, knowledge, pharmacologic devices, and so on, that what they learned in medical school 20 years ago is now ancient history to some significant degree. Well, Dr. Glass, it's a very noble endeavor that you've started. I, I have to give you full accolades for it, and I do wish you the very best in this endeavor. Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure being with you today. I've been speaking with Dr. Leonard Glass. He is the president and founder of Physician Retraining and Reentry, which is partnered with the University of California in San Diego. We've been talking on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. If you've missed any of this discussion, come on over to ReachMD.com, download the episode, comment on it, and we'll be here to take your comments. 
Thanks again, as always, for listening.